right, Figured Out family. I hope you're well. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Another episode. So I had the opportunity to host Sean Lanny, who is an awesome guy, super smart guy, um, has had an amazing career in the golf industry. You know, he's been a player. He's been an instructor. Um, the guy holds every certificate you can imagine. But in this conversation, we talk more specifically about Aimpoint Express. What is Aimpoint Express? Why does it matter? We get into the history of Aimpoint. We get into uh, some of the misconceptions of Aimpoint. We get into the prevalence of Aimpoint in the, I guess, world of professional golf today. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Reach out to Sean. Pretty accessible guy. He just wants to help people at the end of the day. So he also travels all around the U.S. Um, so maybe you catch him or another certified Aimpoint instructor in your area. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you're a new listener, welcome. My name is Daniel. At the end of the day, I want to shed light on different perspectives in the world of golf. You know, I try to bring on interesting guests. My goal is for you to leave feeling value, be a laugh or whether you learn something new. I just want to be added to your rotation of podcasts at the end of the day. So give me a, you know, five stars on Spotify or wherever you're consuming this podcast. I'll uh, clip out some of the shorter questions. The full interview got cut due to some connectivity issues. So I'll clip out some of that. Those have been performing well. And I'll also, you know, post some of the more engaging clips on TikTok. Hope you enjoy the episode, guys. Hope you have a great week. And here it is. Sean, what's up, man? Hey, how are you, Daniel? Dude, I'm just pumped to have you on, man. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I know we uh, hit it off in uh, Bandon, and that was a fun trip. And uh, definitely wanted to just kind of spill the beans a little bit with you and share some knowledge and maybe impact some golfers out there. Yeah, for sure. So, like, I really want to talk about Aimpoint. I think Aimpoint's like the this thing that exists in golf that uh, that more people need to know about. I mean, people see it on TV. They see like the caddies have the fingers up, and it's super interesting. And like, I haven't gotten necessarily like a, an official lesson, but someone's explained it to me before. Yeah. So I'm excited to dive deep into it. But before we do, can we talk a little bit about your career and kind of like what you've done in the world of golf? Because it's it's pretty cool just to see like your website and like all these uh, you know amazing people you've worked with. Um, so like, can we start from the beginning? Where are you from, man? Uh, so basically grew up in Southern California. Um, I was the least bit of a golfer. I picked up golf when I was, let's call it 16 years old. My buddies, um, that I grew up with were, um, all Americans at USC, uh, UC Santa Barbara, um, you know, obviously high level amateurs. One of these, uh, cats that I went to high school with, um, he made it all the way to the USAM and, you know, he did extremely well for himself. And so I was always around that upper echelon type player of like, just seeing how you can get it done. And, um, you know, I was drawn to golf, I guess, because I played ice hockey and ice hockey had kind of that similar feel, similar motion. And, uh, growing up in Southern California, you don't really, or at least I didn't have the opportunity to, to have access to, to play golf, um, as regularly and frequently as I would have liked. Um, so we're in I'm, SoCal though, like in LA, like, yeah, Orange County. So I grew up in Yorba Linda. Um, I was regularly playing Newport beach country club. When I first got into golf, one of my best friends, his, his mom basically kind of took me under her wing after I literally went to the range a couple times with my folks and just hit balls and just got accustomed to like, Hey, this is a fun game. It's frustrating as hell, but it was, it was pretty cool from the experience where I can kind of relate some, some hockey skills. And then, you know, it's all about angles and it's all about setting up the next shot. And then, you know, 
kind of like the strategy of playing pool. You know, I mean, ultimately, if you can understand golf is more or less a, a game of like chess and you're kind of positioning the next shot to benefit where you're going to play the next shot. And it's cool. It's cool as can be. There's a lot of people that think golf is boring. It, it is kind of boring in the beginning because you're swinging and missing and you're missing more shots and you're screwing more shots up than you're actually doing well with. So, um, you know, I was lucky enough uh, out of high school to walk on to a community college team. Um, that's kind of streamlined me to play college golf um, and eventually turn this into a career. Obviously, I played in Asia and Canada. I played all over the Southwest, uh, Pepsi Tour, Golden State Tour, uh, Butch Harmon Tour. I played all these different mini tours to try to chase the, the dream of one day playing on tour. I had a Tommy John type surgery on my right elbow. Um, what exactly does that mean? Like, what is yeah. Tommy John? Well, so basically I had to go in and they had to basically fillet my right forearm. I have a scar oh, that goes from here to here. And it's yeah. very common for Major League Baseball pitchers that have a nerve condition. So I had an older nerve condition uh, that had to be treated. And it had to be treated with a very serious surgery because back 15 years ago, this was in 2000. Four. This is when I had that surgery. They didn't have the process of that surgery that uh, set us up for the type of success that Major League Baseball players, Bryce Harper, uh, who Major League Baseball stud, he just had the surgery and I think he was uh, out for four months. I was out for 18 months. So my focus went from literally playing as frequently as I did on a variety of tours. I had success. I had one win that I literally just came off of, had three top five finishes. For me, that was, you know, I was able to actually pay my sponsor back. And that was huge for me to be able to pay my sponsor back. Then I had that surgery. And then basically I had to shift and I had to pivot. And I had to say, hey, look, I have a college degree in business. Let's go ahead and let's start off and let's build a junior golf business, which I got involved with uh, an individual, Randy Chang and Trapper Perkins. And we called this Tiny Tees Golf Program. Um, basically, it was for three to six-year-olds. And uh, three to six year olds that basically would learn how to putt and chip and pitch and hit a full shot in a very high level high school fashion, but it was fun and fast. So it was a super high engaged, fun, fast environment for these little tiny toddlers, which is the son of my age, uh, the age of my son right now. And, uh, and these kids would dig it. They would love it. And so that eventually got to the point where I had six facilities in, in Orange County. And, you know, we were chatting early on about Monarch Beach. Monarch Beach was basically the first place that I started this at, Black Gold in Yorba Belinda. Uh, I was at Big Canyon Country Club. And then between a couple other guys, Randy and Trapper, we basically had about six other facilities. I only managed a few and I had staff at each one. Uh, and it was great, but it got to the point where, you know, I was trying to focus on my niche and fortunately in my entire process as a PGA associate and then becoming a PGA pro, I worked for Jerry King out at Kapalua. I had a death in the family. My Nana passed away and I was young and I said, Hey, hell with it. I'm booking a one-way flight to Maui. Worst places that I could have gone. Um, that six month job, no joke. I was introduced to Jerry King and, and he became uh, a full-fledged mentor, a full resource for me. He introduced me to Mark Sweeney, the founder of Aimpoint, um, over a text. And that got me where I am today with um, being so passionate about helping people from a green reading, from a putting perspective. Um, certainly, I, I owe a lot of other accolades to other people that have helped me along this journey. But, um, you know, I go back 
regularly to Horseshoe Bay Resort. Uh, I go back to Monarch Beach, Santa Club, um, Anaheim Hills Golf Course, a local course in Orange County. I mean, there's a lot of clubs, Red Rock Country Club in Las Vegas. I spend countless trips every two, three weeks at these locations, just focusing on the putting, the green reading, and, you know, understanding how I can help players from an Aimpoint Express perspective so we can eliminate people's guessing on the greens. Uh, and I it didn't has realize pretty- like that was your, so it sounds like, I mean, Aimpoint's kind of your bread and butter. Cause if you were to go through your site, like you have a bunch of other certifications as well, you know, like TPI and, and some yeah. other certs as well. But is it, at the end of the day, like Aimpoint is kind of like your thing, right? I, I think you have to, in life, you have to follow what you're passionate, what you're enjoying. And I certainly recognize that putting is going to consist of 40% of the player's score. And the fact that I've got players that they might be able to hit 16 greens, but they might record 36, 37 putts on an average round. And I can make a massive impact and get them down to 26, 28, 29 putts and lower their score by seven, eight shots on an everyday basis, just by teaching them, uh, a, a process that they can follow putt after putt, regardless whether it is a short putt to a single breaking to a multiple breaking up a tier down a tier. Uh, so there's a lot of simplicity to aim point that I think is mis- misconceived. It's a little bit of a misperception of what aim point basically does offer for the golfer. Um, my career never would have been where it was if I didn't start off with the three to six year olds. And funny enough, aim point, uh, as I've learned from Mark, Mark Sweeney, the founder of Aimpoint, he's um, he's a huge resource for me, um, almost texting him every couple weeks. And we're having some conversations about, you know, new ideas, new concepts. But ironically, when when Mark um, started this whole journey with Aimpoint, it was him basically stumbling across the Aimpoint Express process because Uh, He'll call it the thumbs up read. And this goes back into like the 2005, 2007 timeframe. And ultimately him teaching young kids how to hold a thumb up. And that basically is giving them an understanding of, of how much break that is needed for a given putt that basically allowed us to create this understanding of aim point express, where basically a player is going to hold up fingers and that's going to match the percentage of slope that they actually have to play in consideration of the break that's needed. And so, you know, people have to understand, like, the ball breaks at different speeds. And most people don't realize that on a, on a real steep slope, the ball is going to actually snap and it's going to break real fast. But then on a real subtle slope, the ball is going to break real slowly. So I know we've kind of gone from my career to kind of the, the history of aim point, but I... Yeah, no, let's just deep dive into Aimpoint. I mean, yeah, we, we only sure. have like an hour. So like when you think about Aimpoint, I mean, obviously we can't necessarily get into the specifics. And if you want, I mean, obviously I'll link all of your contact information so people can get a hold of you and take like the in-depth lesson. But like if you had to kind of just talk through Aimpoint, I mean, at the end of the day, it's basically just like physics, right? It's like applying physics sure. to uh, putting, right? With slope I mean, and speed, purely- right? purely centered around physics, mathematics, and, and, you know, the, the, the algorithms of percentage of slope and the distance of the putt 
and then the speed of the green. And so there used to be a chart system and the chart system was very complex and very confusing for a lot of amateur golfers. However, right. there's, there's basically a few, a handful of players that still use the actual physical when chart. When you say system. chart, it just shows like the percentage break, right? On greens. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a chart system basically is what a player would pull. Like let's use Matthew Fitzpatrick that basically would have used this system for a while. It's, it's called midpoint. That's what I was initially taught uh, by Tim Tucker, which was Bryson DeChambeau's old caddy, which I don't have any relationship with, but he initially taught me that, which was so unbelievably confusing, but I understood it and I understood the process of it and what it actually set us up for success with teaching a player Aimpoint Express. Aimpoint Express is literally going to get a player within 10 seconds to get a very confident read. So the player does not have to use their eyes to walk circles around the ball, walk circles around the hole, go from the behind the ball view, behind the hole view, go to the middle of the putt and get all these optical like illusions about what a putt's going to do and how the putt's going to behave. And Aimpoint Express basically it empowers a player to read a putt regardless of what the putt's going to do in literally 10 seconds. And I'm a, I'm a huge believer in like, engaged use your intuition use your gut instincts once players know how to feel what flat small subtle and, and big severe slopes feel like they can become unbelievably dangerous assigning these different values to these slopes and it is uh it is fantastic to watch confident putters make confident decisions with green reading skills and it's uh it's proven i mean you look at you look at a lot of players out there you look at you know, the kind of the new wave of players, the Victor Hovland, the Max Homa, the Keegan Bradley, um, Austin Johnson put a, put a really good face, uh, out there for tour caddies. Uh, I've personally worked with Michael Greller and, and Bones McKay, which is, uh, Justin Thomas's caddy. And, uh, I learned about two weeks ago that Justin Thomas went through about, uh, I think it was a few days of, of aim point training with Mark Sweeney. So obviously you saw what Justin did on day one, uh, last week, he uh, I think he shot a 67 and he did it with, you know, some putting skills. He hit the ball better. He's in a different mindset with his keto balance diet and all these wacky things that that he's doing. But, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that trust it. There's a lot of girls uh, on the LPGA tour. There's a lot of, you know, college players that that trust it because it eliminates a guess. And, you know, when you when you go back to that that point of where it all started, uh, Aimpoint Virtual Putting Technologies in like the 2005 to 2007 timeframe, Mark was basically doing everything he could to get that technology through the TV channels and all the golf channel. And I, I want to say the first event that Aimpoint was actually used was out at my old stomping ground out at Kapalua where, you know, the plantation course has probably some of the most amazing like day-to-day -day conditions that change they're going to have trade winds and Kona winds that blow in 15 and 40 degree 40 mile an hour directions and then you've got all these different slopes and you've got some grain and you've got all these different features that affect players and super um, complex yeah yeah i mean that was a that was where it all started because aimpoint technologies were literally on the screen for the viewer and the viewer could actually see the ball's going to break on this line and they have X percentage to make that putt. So, I mean, it really put things in perspective. And the fact that Mark was able to execute and pull this off for the viewers, and they were able to see how accurate it really was. I mean, Dr. Craig Farnsworth and Mark and John Graham and all these extra guys, John Hobbins, there's all these influential factors of 
of how we've turned this into an actual green reading approach and system. Like science. Because at the end of the day, if you're not using Aimpoint, you're basically, like you said, just kind of guessing, right? Like if you're a pro guess. playing for millions of dollars, like why would you not learn Aimpoint, right? Yeah. I mean, you literally are making a educated, glorified guess at what you think is going to happen. And again, based off your eyes, your eyes can't measure curve. Your eyes can't see straight as straight. So if you can't measure curve, you don't know what your line is. And so you're you're more apt to aiming off your line and then manipulating the aim, which is essentially going to manipulate your speed. But guys and, have uh, different biases in the eye. I mean, not everyone's 20-20. Like your right eye might impact your left eye. Like there's so many different variables, right, that can just throw this whole thing off. It's like you need a system if you're going to be a better player. And that's literally what Aimpoint is. It's like bringing that to players yeah, of all levels. Which is, yeah, which uh, essentially, I mean, when I teach – I'd say 40% of my coaching for Aimpoint is six to 12 year olds. And honestly, I will host Aimpoint junior golf edition classes at all locations. And I'll have, I just had a six and an eight year old the other day. And it was in a group of eight people that had 50, 60 year olds in it. And these six and eight year olds didn't even hold us up. They were so dialed in. They were so well-versed. I had to, from a coach, I had to make sure that I, I catered to those six and eight year olds and I coached them in a little bit, slightly different communicative platform. But the way that I coach and the experience that players go through, whether it's my 90 minute course, which is my Aimpoint Express workshop, that's basically teaching the system plus some speed training. I also uh, offer a three hour Aimpoint tour experience and that's literally busting out a Sam Putt lab, which is infrared camera technology that basically looks at all the different parameters of what the stroke does. My job is to basically individualize and give that player one key thing that is taking place in their stroke and ultimately causing some issues uh, for how they can get the job done. And it's either, you know, it's either start line, it's either speed control issues, but I always go back to the big three. It's, it's get your read, get your aim, and get your speed. And if a player can hit a good putt and the ball can finish somewhere on their baseline and they can go, okay, you know what? My, my read was good. My aim was good. My speed was lacking or my speed was too aggressive or my aim was low or my aim was high. But generally speaking, I would confidently say 90% of the players that go through the experiences in the very beginning, they're not questioning the read what they have to gain a better understanding for is how they aim and how they actually physically see straight as straight. Cause let's not, let's not forget a player's body's at a forward bend and then they're looking down a target line and aim point and their head is at a sideways tilt. So you're basically not able to see straight as straight. It's really hard to do that. So players have to learn how to aim. And I have some really interesting tactics that I'm, I'm willing to share with you. Um, yeah. Like which, the laser. That's something that I've tried. And I just realized I was, when I, this was what, maybe a couple of years ago, like two years ago, I'd pointed everything like left and up. Yeah. And it was like, like John had me do it from, uh, from trails yeah. from the trip. Shout out to yeah. John Peterson, big fan John. of the pod. He loves the pod. So yeah. like I, he put this, uh, this laser on my putter and I just, I thought it was aimed straight, but it was not anywhere close. I mean, and if you've never done that, how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to know? Like you have to kind of go out and do these things. I think like you have to use these tools, right? Yeah, I mean, I I would say for what you just brought up right there, um, most players can't 
they can't see their line and they're always aiming as a left aimer and then they're shoving the ball, shoving the face, moving the face. So the ball is directed back on their line or they're aiming right and they're hooking the ball back on their line. So a lot of what I do and, and a lot of what I feel is important for a player is to identify what eye they can focus better with. And if they can take that focusing eye, which is their dominant eye, we'll call it. Some players can't actually physically do this. So again, it doesn't work for everybody, but most players have a great deal of success improving their aim. If in fact they can take their dominant eye and they can shut their dominant eye upon aiming the face, then they can toggle and bug crawl their non-dominant eye. Shut their eye. dominant eye? So yeah, basically a, use their non-dominant eye to aim? Believe me, we haven't uh -huh. had cocktails yet, so I'm not, I'm not tripping <laughs> on, my, on my words, but the dominant eye shuts down, so the non-dominant eye tracks. So if you think about your non-dominant eye, it's going to go forward and back. Your body's at a tilt. You're looking down and back and forth. You're bug crawling your non-dominant eye back and forth. If you have both eyes open, you have one eye that goes one way and you have the other eye that goes up and around your nose, right? So you're basically looking right and then left. So it's really interesting to try. Um, yeah. So how do I you find your dominant eye? Can you give us that tip? Yeah, I mean, it's real simple. There's a lot of different tactics. People that have thrown darts uh, typically are going to shut their non-dominant eye. Uh, people that play pool are going to typically close their non-dominant eye and that's going to leave their dominant eye open. If you get into like a shooting of a weapon, which is a controversial topic these days. Um, <laughs> We're in California. At, at, yeah. At the end of the day, um, I do this with a lot of players and I'll basically look with both of my hands uh, in this triangle form. I'll look through there and if I can actually see something specific with both eyes open and then I close my non-dominant eye and I can still see it, that confirms that I would be, in that case, right eye dominant. So whichever eye is open and you can still see the object that you were initially seeing with both eyes open, that confirms your eye dominance. Okay, that's a great So what I right do there. with players when they yeah. have terrible aim tactics is I just simply get them to close their dominant eye. And that dominant eye being closed, it eliminates them having aim irregularities basically the the aiming issues that basically allow people to aim left and right and then manipulate mm -hmm. the heck out of the motion so that i find that's, that problem with like when i aim a putt like i because i usually use a line i like will put the line down i'm like oh this is just a tasty juicy line like this is going in and then i'll take a step back i'll look and it's like aim like 90 degrees to the other way i'm like dude who put this ball down like what am i doing right now but yeah that's a great tip yeah well i mean think think about you when you line that golf ball up you're probably behind the golf ball and you probably have both eyes open and you're probably doing that with your eyes, my man. Right. So one, one eye is going left, one eye is going right and you're lining the ball up and you're, you know, again, I mean that in reality, that's a big key if you can line the ball up, but if you can do it accurately, then more power to you. But most people can't actually line the golf ball up accurately because they're behind the ball looking this way, where in most cases players are going to have success if they actually position their dominant eye behind the ball and they look down that line. So a lot of like right eye, right eye dominant players or left eye dominant players position your body aside so your dominant eye can actually physically look up or down that line. And it makes a huge difference. Again, you won't be the guy or gal. And, and again, not, not pointing blame to anybody that does this, but the players who line the golf ball up and it takes a minute and a half to do that, like you are radically slowing down golf. You're radically slowing down your group. You're pissing people off that ultimately want to play golf in a, fa a fairly faster fashion. And if you're doing that on every hole, every single putt, trying to be perfect with that line, 
you know, you, you've got something coming in. Eventually, what ultimately you got to do is you got to clean up that process. And that process is to just find a way to get yourself lining up the golf ball quicker, more accurately. Uh, obviously, I've got a lot of solutions for that that I can help people with. All right. So kind of going back into aim point, though, like, can we talk about the variables and tell me when if tell me when, like, if my question is like too, you know, like, because obviously you can't tell everyone here, you know, on the pod, they have to take the, the lesson. So like, when you think about the variables that exist, and just your training, like, you know, what are the components of, uh, of aim point? Like, how do you like to just kind of like pitch aim point to someone? Yeah, I mean, there's aim point certified instructors all over the entire world. Mark's done a fantastic job hand selecting all these guys and gals that um, go through continued education every single year. And they make sure that what we're teaching is very consistent. But um, some of us take it a little bit more serious and have turned this into a little bit more of a of a specific part of our business. And that's ultimately what I've done. I've uh, I've turned this into a major niche in my business. Um, super passionate about it. I think anybody that is around me and understands, you know, what I bring to the table um, is is centered around a, a very clear, very detail oriented, simplistic way of taking the simplicity of Aimpoint and turning it into a routine for any putt. So. Back to your question, you know, the variables, you've got, you've got side tilt of slope, and that's primarily what we are going to teach players to understand how to feel, how to identify. Players are going to feel and identify small and big slopes. And most of the time, people don't know how to actually physically feel different slopes. So you'll either go through a class and you'll go through slope training, or you'll have to have some sort of aim point specific slope board that are made in Italy for aim point coaches. And these slope boards are basically tools that are in people's living rooms or studios, and they're teaching players how to feel different slopes. And quite frankly, that's the first part of it because the side tilt of the slope is everything. Um, you've got grain and you've got wind. Uh, those typically are going to impact and influence a change to the speed of the putt. So, you know, again, going back to the big three, you've got read, you've got aim, you've got speed. How can we determine what the read is? Again, the read is the amount of break aside the golf hole. And it's typically plus or minus an inch. That's ultimately how accurate Aimpoint Express really is. It has nothing to do with what your eyes see. It has everything to do with what your body feels through your feet. Players feel the fall in the slope or the tilt in the slope. They might feel it in pressure in their feet. They might feel it in knees. They might feel it in glutes, hips, collarbones. I've, I've kind of seen it all at this stage. Now, I've, I've been lucky enough to, to, again, learn aim point in 2007 and 8 from Tim. And then ultimately, I um, became a certified coach through Mark in, you know, the 2012 timeframe. So I think it was right around there. So, I mean, really, truly, what it comes down to is is – Having, a, ha, having an approach, when you walk up to a putt, whether you're walking from the cart path or you're walking up with your golf bag, you put your bag down, you mark your golf ball, you get into your read so you can identify what the slope is. And you do this in a little bit different way for short and long putts. And I'm not going to get into that because through my contract, I can't give the how-to information. But you're using your body to feel the tilt of the slope. And then from there, you have a system and you – have a system that holds up fingers and you hold up fingers to actually physically allow you to determine the amount of break based off the tilt of the slope. And then 
the bottom line is you've got wind and you've got grain. And those are really the last two things um, that are going to influence the player to make adjustments with their arm angle. So you may see a player out at uh, Augusta and they may be, um, you know, in here with, with a, an arm bend that's fairly close to them, right? They're playing a lot of break on that particular putt, but they're basing it off of hitting the putt with a conservative style speed because the speed of the putting surface is so fast at Augusta. And then if you have a guy that's on um, sandy, slow greens uh, down in Mexico, we'll call it. So sandy, slow, that, that same scenario, the player is going to push their arm out away from them to play basically less break and to hit that particular putt with firmer pace. So that's the most I can get into the speed concepts, but you know, players basically are, are going to have to master the green reading skills. And I go through basically inside four feet and I tell them, teach them to master four foot putts, give them really a clear roadmap for that. And then we get into single breaking. Then we get into multiple breaking putts where you've got multiple slopes, multiple tiers you learn how to make adjustments on the fly and nothing about aim point is fixed. I mean, everything is natural. Everything is athletic. And probably one of the most important things that is misconceived is that aim point is not athletic and it's not flexible and players don't adapt on the golf course when they deal with uphill and downhill putts and down grain and, and up grain and cross grain and maybe, you know, super windy downwind. So, you know, every player that goes through any sort of training is going to be a little bit more capable of understanding uh, how to make those necessary adjustments for those different conditions. And that's, that's what makes a player dangerous when they can um, make those adjustments on the fly and they can be confident about the read and they can make the, that perfect adjustment for pace and speed and it literally, again, it gets down to the accuracy of plus an inch or minus an inch. That's how accurate aim point really truly is. So it's yeah. fantastic for anybody to go through. No, it it's awesome. It's cool to hear. But but also like one thing I want to like dive into more specifically, because like you hear about, okay, you hear about physics, you hear about these variables and, and maybe, you know, it could sound confusing. It can sound like a lot, but in the, in reality, like kind of just going back and hearing what you had previously said, like you're able to teach this system, this framework to little kids, six-year-olds, yeah. right? Toddlers. So like, let's talk a little bit about that. Like it's easier to understand. You just have to like give it, you know, the time and, and practice it. Right. But then once sure. you have these foundation, this framework, I mean, you're able to leverage just the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's some continued training that's involved in, you know, in the, in the process of learning and perfecting some of the stuff, I don't know if we ever perfect it. Um, Mark's been really good about always adding new layers of, of thinking and learning, uh, especially for coaches. So we can go to our audience of players and we can say, Hey, I need to get you in here. I need to show you this. And uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a pitch to try to generate lesson revenue. Again, it's, it's getting a player to realize, Hey, I need to see you for half an hour or come, you know, come to my advanced class and go through this. And you're going to take these three new nuggets and apply those into your process. Um, you know, the, the young kids, again, when I, when I learned that Mark basically called the Aimpoint express, the first version of it, the thumbs up read, that's basically where you start to learn that the width of typically the finger this this is where personalization for me as a coach goes into it because some people have shoestring fry or like steak fry sausage fry fingers right yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> but 
those players have to know what they're looking at with their fingers. And the thumbs up approach in my eyes was a very simple thing. The kid could look at and go, the, the flag is here and I'm literally trying to hit it here. And then, you know, we started to evolve and turn that into a, a green reading approach in a system that was just like, it was just awesome for any level player, any age to go through and just kind of give them a very simple checklist of events that they go through. And it literally is a player is given 10 seconds. And that 10 second window is like, get your job done, walk up, mark your ball, clean it, toss it to your daddy caddy, whatever, whoever is your caddy and get into your read and confidently come back with a decision made and literally implement that decision for the putt. Like literally it's that quick of a decision and you're done. All you're into is your practice stroke and then get up there and hit it. And like the mind is only going to work and complicate things when you take more time and you look at more angles from behind the ball, behind the hole, uh, go to the middle, do the Phil Mickelson looking down with like three, four, five, six, seven practice strokes. Next thing you know, your routine's like four minutes, all of the playing partners, and now the rules officials on your, your group because you're playing so slowly because you're making so many extra things happen. And honestly, then you forget to even hit it with good speed because you're so caught up in like, oh, shoot, what is the read? Should I play more break? Should I not play more break? So it is it is really, really simple, but I would definitely ensure making sure that your listeners go into a setting with a certified aim point coach because there's a lot of manipulated uh, stories about aim point with people that have maybe gone to it and not gone through the actual certification process as an instructor. So, you know, make sure if you're going to try to learn Aimpoint, go to aimpointgolf.com and just, just pull up the instructor in your area. And uh, I think you'll confidently walk away from that experience and you'll be pretty floored with the fact that you can get on the greens and you can be like, this is awesome. I literally don't have to panic about what this putt's going to do. I have a mindset of, what is my read? Where do I aim? And then what's my speed based off uphill tier, downhill tier, grain wind. So you can make adjustments on the fly. But you literally do that all in 10, 15 seconds. So it's, right. it's right. Are, are trainings virtual or is it best to do like, you know, the, the training in person? Um, like, is there a virtual training at all that exists? I, I mean, that would be an interesting thing to, to figure out. Players would probably have to have a slope board. And right. the aim point slope board um, is something that's available to students. And I send that as a, an opportunity for, for players and, and tour caddies. So when I met Michael Greller, Michael basically got two slope boards and I don't know if he still does this, but from my understanding, he actually carries a slope board an aim point slope board in Jordan's bag. And I'm sure when the guys are all out having dinner, Michael's probably in there grinding on certain reads. He's trying to refine certain fields because he wants to, you know, have the opportunity to make sure that Jordan has a very accurate read when called upon, because mm -hmm. how good would it be if, you know, if Michael is called upon and, and he gives Jordan a read and it's like sideways and it's not even anywhere near the accuracy of what we're actually looking for. So, um, you know, I, I think that would be teeing a player up to go through a virtual 
aim point training yeah. session, but they have but to have like a to get the board. full return. Like it, you should be in person with the instructor because like it's very very subtle things. Like width of thumb can vary. Like it's best to probably do it in person, right? At the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. there's probably a creative way to get the the virtual aim point experience done. I really haven't done that. I know, um, you know, my my task and my job to go basically from. Oregon, where I'm based out of, you see my indoor facility. If if you looked over in the corner, I've got an Aimpoint custom-built sim turf putting green. I do a lot of small groups, and I do a lot of individual training in here. Uh, but I also go down to Red Rock in Vegas, Monarch Beach, Anaheim Hills, Satakoy Club, up in uh, Somis, up in like Ventura County. And then, you know, I get to Horseshoe Bay Resort, which is a brand new partnership for me. And uh, this is the first summer where I'll actually be back to Colina on Oahu and uh, teaching a camp and, and doing some main point training out there. So I'm super lucky to have great partnerships that host the group and the private experiences for players. Uh, you, you know, I don't, I don't charge uh, astronomical rates. I, I charge for my time and I charge uh, for small group experiences. I don't have groups of 20 people. I have groups of six and eight people for my nine and my three hour experience. Uh, and quite frankly, it's um, I, I'd say it's ideal to have smaller groups for quality control learning experiences. Uh, and I provide my players with class notes that are so unbelievably detailed and bulletproof for the one number one goal that I have for players young and old is retention because I need retention for them to absorb what was actually taught, what they invested in. And you'll notice and the people that actually work with me realize that I'm not just trying to take your money and run. I'm literally trying to make sure that you have the tools necessary to like physically get better by understanding whatever we talk about, whether it's aim point, whether it's your stroke through Sam Putt lab, whether we dive into short game, you know, one of my other passions is chipping, pitching and, and bunker play. And I, I, I think being a, um, a short game coach is also a very good compliment because bottom line is every single time that I've got a player who has to hit a chip or pitch, they literally have to react to where the ball is going to land. And then how is the ball going to react once it lands? So they have the chance to go up on a chip or a pitch or a bunker shot, and they can physically read the green very quickly. And they can right. understand that's exactly dangerous. what to aim yeah. at. Like it's, you said, that's – yeah. I mean, that's it's like silly. some next level stuff. Yeah. I was, I was playing a pro-am um, down with uh, in Southern California, San Juan Hills. This was like part of like the, the hope tour. And I mm. remember it was like my third hole and I had a bunker shot on a par five and I walked up. I figured the green was going to kick the ball right. But, you know, what? I was like, hey, hell with it. Let's go ahead and let's let's take that five, six extra, extra seconds. Let's walk up. There's my landing spot. I walked up. Got a couple reads. I felt what slope was doing. I felt the tilt of the slope. I walked back to the bunker shot. I literally held uh, four fingers up. I adjusted for the the slight uh, movement in the slope and literally hit this bunker shot. And I still remember to this day, it was like such a turning point for me because the ball went in the hole. I made an eagle on this par five. But, I mean, I literally, A, took the right club. I figured out exactly that I had to aim 25 feet left, where in reality, I probably would have aimed at the flag. But I aimed 25 feet left because the slope of the green moves severely left to right. It was just uh -huh. one of those things where my amateurs were like, dude, that was awesome. But like that's taking a skill and that's in my eyes what like the young kids do. They literally are learning to think outside the box and they're learning how to implement that quickly when they miss a green. 
they don't get caught up in 47 practice swings. They get caught up in like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and go with my pitching wedge. Grab my pitching wedge. I'm going to go get my reads. Next thing I know, I come back here and I'm like, shoot, I got to play a two and a half. And I got to account for some uphill or some downhill. And they, they make some adjustments. And next thing you know, they are aiming and giving themselves a better chance to actually physically chip it or pitch the ball into the hole. And like they are literally learning how to drip the ball and feed the ball to the hole from a from an angle and from a direction that gives them a way better opportunity to score. So it, it's super fun. You know, we only have a cup for a couple more minutes. So I want to end on like the ROI of you know, taking a name point class, they are on the fence about taking a name point class or one of those guys who's like, Oh, it's my putter. Can we talk about the ROI between or the IRI of taking, uh, you know, an aim point express course versus, you know, a guy who is just thinking about, you know, going out and buying a new putter or yeah, whatever, which is hilarious because vastly all players will have one to three putters that they'll bring with them to an aim point class. Um, that's pretty interesting experience to go through when, when somebody has a face balance mallet and they've got a even roll putter that was custom built for them. And then they've got an Adele putter that they went through. And next thing you know, we're realizing that it really doesn't even matter what putter they're using. It could be a flipping hockey stick or a broom. I'm just kidding. It's not going to, you know, going to be a hockey stick or a broom, but you know, you do have to have a putter that has a flat grip that is aligned properly. And, I'd say that 50% of people have a putter grip that is actually aligned incorrectly and it doesn't allow their putter face to actually set square out in front of them. So they actually physically right off the bat manipulate their aim of the putter face, which is kind of cardinal sin number one. So, um, you know, I, I think a, a putter is going to matter when you can go through and you can absolutely 100% be super confident with your green reading. You can super confidently aim the golf ball like your example of not being able to aim correctly because your eyes are looking this way and you're trying to see a line, but everything's going sideways. So if you can read it and you can aim a putter face and then you can actually physically make a decent stroke and it repeats itself, which we'll call that like the signature of the stroke. If you could actually have a repeatable signature in the style of how the putter moves back and through, and it does the same thing day in and day out, stroke after stroke. I think that's when a player needs to go through a putter fitting. When they understand what their actual read is, they understand where they're aiming, they can physically aim. And then it comes into like that, like mindset, like, Hey, I need to physically get fit for a putter that allows me to aim super accurately. And then it caters to my stroke like, for instance, a guy who basically loops the putter to the inside, swings outside with some face twist or some grip twist, that player is going to need something different than the guy who feels like they swing straight back, straight through, which is a total misperception. But the putter fitting and the ROI, I mean, for the player, I think it's astronomical. The person who runs out and buys three, four different types of putters because you know, even roll did their marketing well, and they have really good putters, and then you get sick putters, which is a pretty trendy putter that I see. I see a lot of people using those putters. Honestly, like I think TaylorMade, I think Odyssey, I think Titleist, I think everyone makes great putters, but it's what you do with it, right? And I, I'd much rather see somebody literally use a 1947 brassy version of a putter, Nibbling. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and just yeah. have something that physically they can put in their hands and they can repeat their stroke. And we can teach them some fundamental truths about what a, a putt's going to do. 
they can learn how to aim. We can teach them a couple new aiming tactics. And, and then, you know, my Sam Putt Lab technology, it's uh, it's science and motion sports. And it's basically, uh, it's a system that is computerized analysis specific to a putting motion. It's not like a TrackMan system that's going to read a lot of ball data. And then it's going to, I'm not going to say it's going to guess, but I'm, I'm going to say it's going to make some assumptions about what the face was doing, how the ball reacts in certain ways. In my eyes, Quintic and Sam is going to be, unbelievably good from the perspective of being a hundred percent accurate at what physically the player's doing from their signature of their stroke. And next thing in that, you know, we actually get to make a recommendation on length, loft, lie, hosel configuration, uh, grip size, those things come into mm -hmm. consideration, but that literally may be three to six months down the road after that you physically as a golfer learn aim point skills. So hopefully that answers right. your question. Yeah, no, it's just like we're here, you know, we both love the game, you know, your students love the game, they want to get better. And like, when you think about putting just as a whole in general, like, if you want to get better, I mean, take the aim point class, right, is really what it comes down yeah. to. And that's going to pay off for you the rest of your life, because you're going to have this sort of framework that exists that you can always go through. Yeah. So. John, I really appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on and like just spilling the beans about Aimpoint. Yeah, um, so, in closing thoughts, you know, like what are your closing thoughts? But also, where can where can people get a hold of you? So you can visit uh, www. eighteen one eight shots golf. So eighteen shots golf, and um, my contact information's on there. I coach at a variety of locations throughout the entire Southwest, West Coast, Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, my handles are Sean Landy golf and 18 shots. So you basically can follow me right through pretty much any of those handles. Um, and, uh, certainly, uh, again, uh, look forward to meeting uh, many of your followers. Cause I know you're uh, a pretty popular guy in the world with your sparkling personality. Come up, dude. Yeah. Anyways, and I know you got to go, but I really appreciate yeah, your man. time. Thank you so you know, much. We can Sean. do it again and uh, maybe even do something uh, live outdoors, do something related to, you know, showing your viewers something that's a little bit more kind of in the moment of, uh, you know, what yeah. I do and how it could actually help them. So, yeah, when you're in Monarch, baby, hit me up. I have your cell. Let's, Let's do go. It. That'd dude. be fun. That'd Thanks be so sick. much for your time.